Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, as always, to your favorite podcast, The Other Identity. I am, of course, the great Landis, Robbie Landis, one of your hosts, and along with me, as always, the stalwart, the ever-vigilant, Professor Awesome, Ben Morris. I've been called worse than vigilant, for sure. That's not a bad <laughs> one. I like that we've taken out the qualifiers. It is now just your favorite podcast. This is it. We're the best. Doesn't matter if you're looking for hard news, if you're looking for Bachelor recaps. Come Crime here. drama. Yeah. This is where this you're going to get the best of true. what we do, at least. <laughs> yeah, we're, be- we're better at true crime than serial. Yeah. Just throwing yeah, it out uh-huh. there. So uh, i got a great show. I'm actually really, really excited uh, for today's show. Uh, of course, uh, if you're not living under a rock, you know that the first official trailer for WandaVision came out. So this is going to be a uh, sort of Vision, but WandaVision-centric episode today. But before that, let's get into in the usual stuff. Uh, I finished Secret Empire, yep. which uh, I think I might have mentioned last time, but that's something we'll talk about in the future. But what I'm more excited to talk about is actually I finally started a Black Widow story, uh, which is Name of Name of a Rose by, I believe, uh, Marjorie Liu. Does that sound right? Marjorie Liu, yes. Old friend of mine. Yes. She's yes. wonderful. Um, I've obviously read tons of stuff with Black Widow in it, and I've seen you know Widow in tons of MCU stuff, but I've never actually read a specifically Black Widow-only story. And, and, and I'm, I'm not exactly sure what I expected, besides spy stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Spy stuff. Uh, but I have to say, I'm about four issues into what I think is an eight-issue run, and first of all, it's great. Like, 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 I feel like a lot of comic series take their time to get going. This, like, just like by like page two or three, she's on the ground, like just bleeding out. And I'm like, oh, we're we're here. This this is where we're going. And I was also, and again, I don't know why, but just surprised by the amount of of other Avengers that play a role in this story so far. Um, but I'm loving it. Uh, it was uh, recommended to me by Andrea Towers. Towers? Yeah. Yes. So thank you, Andrea. Appreciate that. Uh, I'm really, really enjoying it. Yeah. I, Marjorie is kind of a forgotten creator in a lot of ways. She doesn't get as much credit as I think she deserves. She was definitely all over a couple of Marvel books when I was there. And I always thought she, uh, she really deserved a higher profile because she's good at writing both emotion and action. Which can be, yes. which can be, oh, the fight scenes, yeah, were which can be amazing. challenging, which can be challenging because obviously it's it's one thing to make Black Widow a straight just action book where she's fighting and, as you said, doing spy stuff, but to, but to also build in an emotional core is kind of what we expect from Black Widow, uh, particularly due to her portrayal in the MCU. We expect a, uh, a a character who can both kick ass but also has some dimension to her, and I think Marjorie was able to do that really really well in her run. Has it always been canon that Black Widow, when she was younger, was trained by Wolverine? Uh, I think from very early on, I want to say at least by the 80s, that was in there. And All right. I mean, fair enough. That, that, this is the first time I had ever heard of it. Sure. There's and a, I actually thought that that was a really, really cool connection. There is a classic issue of Uncanny X-Men from, I want to say, around 89 or so, uh, written by Chris Claremont, drawn by Jim Lee. I believe it's called Madripoor Knights. It is a story of Wolverine and Captain America teaming up in the modern day to rescue mm-hmm. Black Widow. But it's also telling a story of how Wolverine played this formative role in training Black Widow and That's how so cool. how Captain America figured into it. I, I look, I'm a sucker for taking these characters who all exist in the same universe and connecting them in unexpected ways. Yeah. And one of the reasons I like that you you already said it, but one of the reasons I like that Black Widow story is because you do have Bucky, who was, mm-hmm. I, I like the way that 
Ed Brubaker wove Bucky and Natasha together. So they have this shared past. It's not just, all right, these are two characters who make sense to interact in the present. No, they have a past together, and we can build that based off mythology. I like Wolverine being in there. I like Hawkeye being in there. Um, I like Black Widow's ties to other characters. But, and this is important, I think it's very important that in the story you're reading and in all the best Black Widow stories, she is also able to stand alone as the protagonist. We're not yes. waiting for Winter Soldier and Hawkeye to show up and you know save the day. Black Widow can do that herself, but it's interesting to see her playing off these other characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, what have you been reading lately? Uh, uh, I mean, I know you're reading a lot of stuff lately, but specifically, Always. what do you want to talk about today? Always. Uh, I'm still reading Old Batman, So, but I talked a lot about that last week. Um, as I get further mm-hmm. into Nightfall, I'll talk about that. But I think the things I wanted to talk about was, number one, I finished the first arc of New Superman uh, for the DC yes. Rebirth Era Reading Challenge. I know that you had mm-hmm. said that was a book that took you a little while to get into, but you were really satisfied by the end of it. Yeah, when I first started reading it, I wasn't, I guess I wasn't sure, you know, what it was supposed to be doing, and of course the first vibes that I got from it was like, is this is this supposed to be like some weird, like, take or like commentary on like, you know, the, the idea of like Chinese ripoffs? Sure. Um, but no, it, it actually, like, like, the characters ended up really filling themselves out and, and becoming very meaningful. So there is definitely an element of almost social commentary in the book, but it's not mm-hmm. super heavy-handed. Like, there is... There's politics, there's no question. Um, But there's also like family dynamics. And the thing I think stood out the most to me that I really enjoyed was just the fact that Kong is such a flawed character. Like he's almost Peter Parker-like in the way that he is not ready to be a superhero. Um, he, he's, he's kind of a bully. He's kind of a jerk. He's like, he's like if you mixed Hal Jordan with Peter Parker. Sure. Or probably more appropriately for Spider-Man, if you miss, mix Flash Thompson with Peter Parker. Sure, sure. Or if Flash Thompson got the powers. But nice, nice try trying to get Hal Jordan in there. Um, <laughs> but I enjoyed the fact that he, I mean, to, not, not to, now, now I'm really diving into your, your tease, but you know, one of the things I'm frustrated with Hal Jordan is that I feel like he's a jerk who never learns anything, Right. Um, one of the things I like about Kong Keenan is he learns very quickly some lessons. And by the end of the first arc, he's a different character than he was when he started. And that's all I ask for in my superhero comics. I just like to see a little bit of growth. Fair enough. Fair enough. And, and I think I've read two, maybe three arcs mm-hmm. uh, of New Superman now. And, and specifically what, what I'd like you to, to definitely wait and, and, and keep a lookout for is his interactions with Superman and then his interactions uh, with Lex Luthor. All right, I'm looking uh, forward to uh, that. Both are very, very good. Yeah, I'm uh, excited but... to see him situated in the larger DC universe. That's the one thing mm-hmm. that was missing from this arc. I know they had the great yes. 10 in there, but I'm, I'm really, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to see the Justice League of China butt up against the Justice League. All right, and we look forward to uh, hearing, you know, in the next few years yep. what you think about it as well. Yeah, but stay tuned. College. Uh, coming up next, we're actually going to be joined by Callie, uh, former uh, alumni of The Other Right Den. He's going to be joining us for our talk uh, about uh, the Vision and WandaVision coming up next. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Well, we have an unprecedented outbreak. Thousands of us walking the earth. We might die at any moment. Because we're under attack. In which case, we must act fast. Doctors are trying their best. Working long hours and... Always sacrificing. Their health to protect you. Well, I'd very much like to thank them. Thanks, Doctor. Thank you, Doctor. Thank you, Doctor. Thank you, Doctor. Wait a minute. What's the prognosis? It's still changing. So we have a novel virus and no vaccine at this time. What should we do? We gotta get everybody else back into the houses. We gotta keep them there. In other words... This is our lockdown, right? 
What that means is... Stay in your homes. Make no attempt to reach loved ones. And take a long nap. You can count me out. You can count me out, too. Some people are immune to good advice. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Those idiots. I just need to make sure you fully understand. Let's recap. I'm begging you. Stay inside. Wash your hands. And make sure you've got 10 feet of personal space around you. Stay away from me. Stay away from me. Uh-uh-uh. I didn't hear you wash your hands. So think on this, lads. When you're home watching TV. Think about the medical stuff. Working for you. So I'm asking you. Stay home. I'm in isolation. Just stop the virus. All right, I'll do it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You stay classy, planet Earth. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you again for the download. If you would do me uh, the honor, if you would do me a favor, the service, please let at least one friend know about the other identity. In fact, if you've already done that, if you've been like, hey, you should check this out, ask them if they checked it out. Be like, did you, did you download that podcast that I asked you to? Because if you haven't, I'm really starting to question what our friendship means yeah, to you. Make really sure, put their guilt through the radio. And don't just put the guilt through. Make sure there's consequences. Make sure mm-hmm. that if they, don't, if they don't follow through... Uh, that something will happen. You will take away something that they love because <laughs> they have taken away something that you love in the form of support for the other identity. All right, easy there, Magneto. All right, sorry. Uh, so uh, the WandaVision trailer just came out, and before we talk specifically about WandaVision, um, uh, Callie is actually here with us, uh, former uh, um, host of the other identity, alumni, the masked mistress, and uh, I believe, Callie, it was you who actually said or had mentioned uh, the 12-issue the vision run uh, by Tom King, which I had never heard of. And granted, it's only four years old, mm-hmm. but after reading it, I, I feel like it is a crime that when people talk about some of the best storylines like in comic history, that no one brings up uh, the vision by Tom King. And uh, specifically, that's what we wanted to talk about here in our first segment, or second segment, before we get to WandaVision. So it's funny you bring that up. So, so Ben is the one who mentioned it on uh, Twitter, and he said, uh, you know, make sure you check out the Wanda or the, oh. the Vision by Ben King. And I thought to myself, or sorry, Tom King, and I thought to myself, huh, I wonder if that's that really good Vision mm-hmm. book that I read like <laughs> two years ago. Yeah. Sure enough, yeah, go look it up. It it absolutely is the book that I read two years ago. Uh, it's outstanding. Like it it is. I, I went into reading that comic purely on the cover. It's one of those moments where, like, the first cover sold me. I'm like, oh, this is a weird kind of right. 50s-looking cover. I, I'm into it. I've never read a book about the Vision before. I, Neither I mean, have I. But, I mean, t- truthfully, before um, Age of Ultron, I had never really heard of the Vision. I didn't really mm-hmm. know anything about him. So I hadn't read a book for him, and I, I decided to go into that. I don't know what I was expecting going into reading that book. But it's not what I got, <laughs> which is not a bad thing no, at all. Not at by all. The way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the reason I suggested this, guys, is that I think that the Vision is a character who's been around for years. Certainly, there's been a lot of classic stories about the Vision, but honestly, it didn't shock me that you guys had not read. Well, Callie obviously had, but Robbie, that you hadn't read a lot of good Vision stories because, frankly, there's just there's not a lot of good Vision stories out there. And mm-hmm. Tom King is a writer who's obviously gone on to great success at DC writing Batman, writing Mr. Miracle, currently writing Strange Adventures. But I remember that he just came in and basically what I love about this book is kind of what I love about Vision being in the Avengers. And I've talked about this in the past, Robbie, is the idea that there are certain characters who they have such a high profile that you can't really truly break them. Like whatever you do to Captain America or Iron Man, eventually they're going to revert back to kind of their archetype. And you can't really take these huge risks with them all the time. But Vision 
is a character who you can do stuff like that with. And that extends to his role in Avengers, where I always thought his romance with the Scarlet Witch was very interesting in the sense that that was something that belonged purely to Avengers. But when Tom King and uh, Gabriel Hernandez Walta, who's the artist on this book, and it's a beautiful book, and that's one of the reasons it stood out to me. And to Callie's point, the covers by Mike Del Mundo were a big, big drawing point. He's one of the best cover artists in the business. But to me, kind of the appeal to this is Tom King saying, all right, there's not necessarily a lot to the vision beyond he's an android who wants to be a human. I'm going to roll with that and do something really bold and daring. And I think that's kind of what both of you seized on. Uh, yeah, well, go ahead. All right. Uh, I think that's kind of the fun thing about uh, characters like the Vision. Like uh, Robbie, I think you and I joked about it a, a while ago. But it's like when it, when a, a newer writer comes into a company, they don't ever get to like. If you go to DC, they don't say, "Okay, great, welcome. I know it's your first book. Here's Batman. Mm-hmm. Sit down and, and write for Batman." You get saddled with someone else. Someone dog welder. <laughs> God, you and your and you, and, you and your hate for dog welder just no, no. Actually, the, look. Dog Wilder as a concept, terrible. But that story in Rebirth was actually as good as you could have made it with the idea of Dog Wilder. So kudos to whoever that writer was. Right. Save, save it for our Dog Wilder episode. Yeah, sure. Oh, great. The, the long-awaited Dog Wilder episode of, uh, of The Other Identity. I can't wait. But that's kind of the point that I'm trying to make is you, there's a degree of freedom that you have with these characters that aren't super fleshed out and not a lot of people know about them. Even the ones that are more fleshed out but they don't have a ton of readership behind them, well, if you take them in a new direction and it gets them popular, who really cares if, if you take them in a different direction? Well, and, and I have to say, too, uh, prior to reading this, besides MCU stuff, I actually think that I've read more Viv Vision mm-hmm. than I have the Vision himself. And I didn't have... I think the right appreciation for it, because the way that I see it, it, it is the way that I see all young versions of characters. I'm like, all right, great. Somebody, someone was like, hey, we need the teen, preteen, and kid version of X hero, right? Mm-hmm. And to, to sort of see where Viv's uh, origins came from, like, I don't know, I, I, I kind of really disappointed in myself. Like, I, it's actually really, really good. I remember one of the cool things coming out of this Vision book was, again, I was I was obviously still there when, when this was produced, and basically the Mark Wade, who was writing Avengers and who was going to be writing Champions, liking this book so much that saying, is anyone going to use Viv? I want to use her moving forward. And for, for someone like a Tom King, but even for someone who's a fan of this book, the idea that, oh, there's stuff that happened in this book that... that other creators are like, yeah. because they play in the shared universe, they're going to be like, wow, Vision's a great character. I want to use this moving forward. Or even the stuff that happens with um, the stuff that happens with Victor, uh, Vision's kind of like brother, uh, ends mm-hmm. up playing into the Runaways book that I'm reading now. Like, they, they picked up on that. But I don't know. I mean, I just, there's something about, and you, you, were, you were tweeting different pages and panels from this all, mm-hmm. uh, all week, Robbie, which is great. And one of the ones I really liked that you seized on is just this idea of the vision confronting someone and basically being like, I have saved the world so many times. Like you owe me the opportunity to at least try to have a normal life. Cause that's what this series is about. It's about vision trying to have a suburban existence with a wife, two kids, a dog, etc., And why ultimately that can't work. And that idea of him being owed this happiness, but not being able to achieve it. It's so tragic and yet so compelling that I think it's a big hook for what well, you, makes this series work. 
and you talk about a fresh twist on an age-old you know, superhero premise. Like, the idea of a superhero wanting to have a normal life and finding out that that can't happen is nothing new. I nothing, mean, Spider-Man, Spider-Man's been walking that line for, what, <laughs> 40 years <laughs> now? Yep. Yeah, so that's nothing new, but when you take it in the concept of a character like the Vision who has the added twist of, oh, I'm a robot, but I want to be human, I want to live this normal life. Synthesoid. Yes. Synthesoids. Uh, fair enough. A synthesoid. We wouldn't want to use the incorrect terminology. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very interesting fresh take on an age-old concept. Absolutely. I agree. I think a lot of stuff in the Vision series is just that, Callie. I think it's... All right, we've seen this before. This is... We're not We're not necessarily reinventing the wheel here, but we're moving it just far enough over to the left that it's it's really interesting. Robbie, since we recommended this to you, and, mm-hmm. and Callie already touched on the idea that this was not necessarily what she expected, but she was happy with what she got, what were your expectations and... How were they kind of blown out of the water? <laughs> uh, I, I honestly, I didn't, I, I didn't really have any expectations. Not in the sense that I specifically went in, you know, without them. But like, you know, obviously, it's like, all right, the Vision is trying to, you know, have a, a, a normal family life, right? <laughs> he, he's left the Avengers. He's going to be, uh, I believe, like a, uh, some sort of uh, advisor to the president on like, you know, superhero matters or whatever. So I'm like, I. Something tells me this isn't just going to be a book about, like, hey, what if the Vision had a normal life? Right. But I also couldn't picture, like, how do you shoehorn in, like, the usual superhero, like, like fights and stuff, right? And then that first panel with Grim Reaper coming through the wall and bisecting Viv, which was horrifying. I'm like, oh, that, that that's how you do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... You know, uh, uh, to, to Kelly's point, too, about, like, you know, they want a normal life, but, but they just can't have it, is the other thing that, that, that I found interesting and, and really heartbreaking about this story is, in a lot of cases, the reason that they couldn't have that normal life wasn't even always outside influences. It's their own fault as well. And, and to that point, you know, the, the whole age-old story of, oh, I'm a robot. Am I really people, though? Like, can I? Do I have a soul? The vision has such a, a, a different spin on it because they're like, no, we're not human. Like, like we don't have souls, but we're still gonna try. It, it's 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 a different thing. And um, uh, uh, the artist uh, Gabriel sorry, Hernandez Walter. Yes, yes. Yeah. He actually replied uh, to one of my tweets, and uh-huh. he's like, uh, issue ten is my favorite. So I was really looking forward to it. I thought for some reason there's gonna be like some big battle scene or something. It was actually probably one of the quietest issues yeah. there was. And I think the moment that he was talking about was uh, the few pages where Viv is trying to pray for her brother and the Vision, you know, sits down, uh, you know, with her to pray. And just that that whole section of, of the book was just so touching and, again, heartbreaking at the same time and just absolutely incredible. I think that's quite a statement about uh, Walta as a professional that his favorite thing to draw about the book was not a big action sequence. It was the quiet moment and he, he thought enough to recommend that to you. I think speaks a lot to uh, to him. Yeah, you know, one more thing on that, too, is, Robbie, you mentioned that a lot of the times their inability to live a normal human life is actually their own fault. Mm-hmm. And I, I think not only does that speak to the fact of them saying, well, I am actually an android, it also speaks to them, you know, he's been a superhero. He's saved the world. He has gone well above... 37 and, times. 37 times. And he's gone well <laughs> above and beyond, you know, being a vigilante and, and, you know, kind of leading that lifestyle. And it talks about the... You, you can't go backwards. Like, like we see it all the time in other superheroes. Batman can't not be Batman because once you have 
establish that you have the power to save the world and have the power to help people, you aren't you kind of morally obligated to continue doing so? Like, can you ever not be that anymore? And I think the book asked that question in an interesting way. Yeah. So, you know, uh, and, and again, the reason that, that we bring this up to talk about this is it seems as though WandaVision uh, is taking a lot of influence. Obviously not just from Tom King's division, but obviously there there is all sorts of, of history uh, going as far back. Ben, I'm sure that you have mm-hmm. uh, actual eras of when uh, uh, Wanda and the Vision were together as well, even had kids. Yep. Um, so, you know, that's one of the reasons that we decided to touch on this, and one of the reasons uh, that we want to talk about this before we jump into talking about the trailer, and maybe, maybe what to expect, maybe we'll do a little bit of theorizing here about what WandaVision could end up showing us, because <sighs> I believe that just like this story, our expectations are going to be rightly defied. Yeah. That's coming up next. Students are playing more video games than ever, and that's not a bad thing anymore. With Checkpoint XP on campus, you can peek into the world of college, esports, and gaming. We talk to personalities in the space like Phasix, who retired from the Overwatch League to join a college team. Or thought leaders like James O'Hagan of the Academy of Esports, who's leading the charge on blending education and video games. It's not all black holes and floss dances. Games can lead to college scholarships. And we can tell you where on Checkpoint XP on campus. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you once again for joining us. We, of course, are joined by special guest Callie today, the masked mistress. We just got done talking about Tom King's uh, 12-issue run. It's of always so nice I to cannot... have Callie here. It's really, it's it's refreshing. Always, yeah, always. always. It's, but it's, I, it's I like coming I... home. <laughs> it's actually probably better because I treat you a lot better now than I did before. That's mm. true. Yeah. Sorry, but uh, really quick, before we jump into it, I, I, I just again, I've been trying to tell everyone because again, I I felt. I felt wronged that I had never heard of and hadn't read this until now. Go out either. Uh, I know you can find it on Amazon. Uh, it's probably available on on Marvel. Unlimited Absolutely, as it's well. on Marvel Unlimited. Yeah. Um, if if you're being safe about it, you know, go support your local uh, uh, comic book shop as well. But look for the Vision, the 12 series run uh, by Tom King. It is fantastic, and I put it easily within probably my top 10 stories of all time. Mm-hmm. So, the official WandaVision trailer dropped i actually just rewatched it uh before we started this episode here so uh why don't we start i i like i'm not even sure where to start here it's so hard. uh yeah ben since you i think are are out of the three of us more the expert uh um on wanda and vision sure um what are your thoughts after having watched the trailer so just as a little background wanda and vision in the comics have been together they've been on and off since the 70s and specifically there was a period in the 80s where there was a series of stories i think it was mostly written by steve Englehart, that situated wanda and vision in the suburbs and basically it was in a lot of ways the precursor to the tom king series because it was the two of them trying to have a normal life they had kids they had normal jobs and i think this trailer seems to indicate that we're going to get some of that but the reason i recommended the tom king uh story to you is that there's a more sinister foreboding vibe to this trailer, like something's not right here that wasn't so much present in the 80s stories but was very much present in the Tom King run. Well, you had also mentioned, too, when we were talking about this uh, earlier this week, that a lot of what makes the early WandaVision relationship stuff interesting is that later on they kind of uh, you know altered the can a little bit or, or, or at least revealed more history and background to it that, for example, their kids were created by Wanda sure. uh, 
uh, in a similar way that the No More Mutant story happened. Yeah, I mean, when the stories were initially being written in the 80s, I think it was just straightforward. Oh, yeah, they had kids. And there was some some indication that maybe Wanda's powers played into it, but I don't think there was necessarily the intent of, well, this is going to be a whole bigger storyline later. And then other mm-hmm. other writers did use that. But I, I, I think what appeals about the Vision-Scarlet Witch relationship is number one, it's just, it's, it's so quirky and weird. It's these two outsiders who find happiness with one another, which I think is always a refreshing story. But there's also always this element of danger. Like, it never feels like they're going to live happily ever after. And I think that's something that this trailer did a good job of kind of playing with our emotions on, is that, mm-hmm. oh, it does look like they're happy, and maybe this is going to be a comedy, and all this other stuff. And I, I just... I do not think you see even like with some of the clips we get. I think it's going to be very Twin Peaksy. I think it's going to be very bizarre. Um, I don't know what to expect. The only <laughs> thing I'm expecting is that I think my um, my initial observations are going to be subverted. I don't think it's just going to be them yeah. sitting down to have dinner with uh, the mom from that '70s show and having a nice time. Yeah, uh, Callie, what about you? Uh, initial thoughts? Yeah, I mean, my my two takeaways from it are. Either we are witnessing a, you know, fantasy world that Wanda has created for herself where the where her and the Vision are still alive and she's trying to maintain that reality, or we're watching the last moment before Vision dies in Avengers uh, in Infinity War. I'm definitely going to go with the first one, yeah. and, 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 this, and this is where I think it's more interesting. I definitely think they're leaning on the the potential that Wanda has in her powers akin to, again, the No More Mutant storyline. Because there's a moment in there where the Vision, you know, kind of flying around, not really sure what's going on, you know, touches one of the characters. You see the the little mind stone sort of spark. And she turns and asks if she's dead. And Vision's like, why would you ask that? And she says, because you are. And we know from uh, Spider-Man Far Far From Home, yeah, that uh, the, 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 the deaths of Vision, Cap, and Iron Man, you know, were all being sort of remembered. Uh, in in a video there, so it's definitely afterwards. And the last time that we saw Scarlet Witch in any capacity besides just standing at Tony's funeral was when she was confronting Thanos, saying, "You took everything from me." And an interesting thing, I actually I never really put two and two together uh, until someone on Facebook had had pointed this out. But because she was snapped away and just brought back, losing the vision and then facing Thanos at that point, maybe like five minutes yeah. had spanned. So that was still like raw oh, to her. Robbie, so imagine, I had never thought about that. Yeah, imagine how much of the world a had moved on, mm-hmm. but b even those who hadn't now got someone back, except for Scarlet Witch, mm-hmm. and 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 she was in love with a very public figure, right? So the idea that that everyone else has someone back, but I don't, I can absolutely see that pushing her to now sort of reinvent this world or create this world and Vision not being able to obviously remember the past, also kind of being like, wait, what's going on? And he's now the one that I think has to probably unravel and whether or not he gets to survive past the end of the series or not, he may then also have to be the one that ends it for her again. There's always an element of tragedy to Wanda's character, whether it's in the comics or in the movies, just in the sense that she has so much power and I think she's almost like sometimes an unwitting pawn. Like, she doesn't realize what she's doing. And I think this would play into that, that idea of, mm-hmm. well, she she doesn't know her own powers and she inadvertently 
does something that changes the entire world. But I think what's really exciting, honestly, for me, is that I don't think... I think Elizabeth Olsen has been great as the Scarlet Witch. Oh, she's amazing. Or I guess as Wanda. I guess they haven't technically called her Scarlet Witch yet, but I think they're going to in this series. Um, she's amazing, and I don't think she's ever gotten a true showcase to shine mm-hmm. like she's going to here. So I'm excited just to see her get to really dig in to this character, because I think she's got a lot to say that we've well, only seen even, glimpses even... of. Even when she just gets those those small moments, like when she has to face Thanos, yeah. or you know, in her final moments with Vision, or you know, when she uh, loses her brother and is killing like Ultron, like like these are little thirty to sixty second snippets, and there's so much power and emotion in even those small performances. It's 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 going to be great. Yeah. So um, do we get to have a reference to her father being Magneto in this series? Mm. First of all, first Mm. of all, um, this series, I think, is going to go off the hinges because have have you seen some of the people that are cast in this? Yes. Uh, Kat Dennings is going to be in it as Darcy Lewis, who, to my knowledge, has never met Vision or Scarlet Witch and has only ever been in the Thor movies. But she's going to be in there. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Apparently, uh, a sword is going to be involved Mm -hmm. in some way. And... After having just rewatched the trailer, I missed this the first time, but you see someone get blasted and just like flying through the air and then either hits or is eject like like some sort of I don't know if it's supposed to be a force field or some sort of barrier between worlds or whatnot. But this figure lands out in a field surrounded by what looks like shield, probably sword type, mm-hmm. you know, agents in trucks and whatnot, gives just a quick flash of the appearance. I am pretty sure, because she's in six episodes of this, uh, Teona Paris, who plays Monica Rambeau, mm-hmm. uh, who is Photon, or the black Captain Marvel, who is in the Captain Marvel movie, which was, what, 30, 40 years ago? Right. This may also be how we end up getting Photon and her powers introduced into the MCU. This show could literally do anything. I have no idea. <laughs> And all before, I mean, the theory was forever that this would be the eventual tie-in to the next Doctor Strange movie. I don't right. know if that's still the plan, but, I mean, Could probably. Be. I will I, say I don't really want to see Magneto in this series just because – the, the only reason I say that is because I want Wanda and Vision to get the spotlight. And I feel like Magneto is I, – I, it's one thing to bring in, like, Photon or Darcy or whatever mm-hmm. – I think Magneto is such an overwhelming presence that yes. you introduce Magneto and the series instantly becomes about the fact that you introduce Magneto. So I, 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 agree. I, 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 just, I think you can mention, like maybe she sees a yes. birth certificate sure. that says Eric on it or something. That, like, that's like my Easter egg. That's more my point is like right. offhandedly, will she mention something to like Vision? Like, oh, hey, my father wanted to come over for dinner and like Vision just gives her a look like, uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, but yes, I mean, I mean, overall, I'm... I'm so excited about it. You know, the trailer, uh, uh, once again, had mentioned uh, coming soon. So the fact that they didn't give us a date, but we know that it's going to be 2020, because that that was at least firmed. Uh, I I feel like we're going to get this sooner than we expect to get it. Um, You know, Disney Plus, I think, has been lacking in the quantity of shows that it puts out, not so much in the quality. And because we have The Mandalorian, which is slated to come out at the end of October... I don't think that they would put these over top of one another, obviously. Um, so I would not be surprised to see this uh, drop either in a few weeks or end up dropping maybe like end of November going through December. So I read somewhere that, I, I don't know if this can confirm, but it's been heavily reported that December is going to be the, the month for mm-hmm. WandaVision. Well, it cannot come soon, soon enough. enough. 
Is anyone enough. else? How excited do you think Paul Bettany is to get to be seen without the makeup on? <laughs> <laughs> At least a few times. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I know that uh, that's definitely a. I don't know if it's quite um, Drax level because I think that the, that uh, Batista was in the chair for like four to six hours every time they had to put that on him. But uh, it's it's probably it's probably up there. Uh, so anyway, guys, uh, that's going to be it for today's Other Identity. Everyone is definitely looking forward uh, to WandaVision. And, you know, um, obviously when it comes back out, uh, look forward to hearing what we have to say on it. I've Actually, also, this is this is the talk that I'll have to have with Ben, mm-hmm. but maybe a, some sort of, like, limited sort of special Other Identity limited series, specifically about WandaVision sure. uh, on a week-to-week basis. I don't know. Like I said, we'll talk about it. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, but definitely looking forward to it. Callie, as always, thank you for joining us. For the other identity, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Wonderful to be here. And that's going to be it, guys. Make sure you tune in next time. Catch us next week. Same other identity time, same other identity channel.